It's interesting as developers, we're like, we're constantly caught between two things that we love. One is things that just work. And the other is the like desire to be able to like configure and twiddle every knob with, with software that we have. Um, and so those are, those are two uh, kind of like opposed problems. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Scaling DevTools, the show that investigates how DevTools go from zero to one. I'm joined today by Alan Shrave, who is the founder and CEO of Ngrok. And Ngrok is online in one line. Um, they help you deploy your apps like incredibly efficiently, which I'll talk about in a minute. But Alan, thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for having me here, Jack. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure to be on and talking to you. Thank you. Um, and before we kind of dig in, I wanted to share how I discovered Engrok for everyone, just because I think it's such a amazing, um, such an amazing tool. And a, a, the way that I discovered it was cool. So I was working with a video API, Marks, and I wanted to test out webhooks to see when my video had uploaded. And when you're running this in localhost, there's no way to kind of pass your URL to receive, um, you know the data when when you receive a notification when your when your video is uploaded but they recommended that I use ngrok and once you install ngrok you can just go ngrok http 3000 and your app is actually online in the web your local host is online and if you save your file it updates and it's it's really unbelievable um, and it was one of those moments where it was just like wow that's like magic and I've been kind of an unpaid advocate of Engrok ever since. Um, so I'm really excited to speak with you today, Alan. Um, and I wondered if you could talk a bit about how you arrived at this uh, this amazing tool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a that's a really common discovery path for Engrok uh, that you mentioned. A lot of folks find us through various different documentation. Um, Mux is an example, but we are embedded in docs for GitHub, Atlassian, Microsoft, uh, kind of all over the tech ecosystem um, because Ngrok really enables the usage of uh, that, that webhook piece, um, especially webhook development. Uh, Ngrok has like found its way into those uh, pieces of documentation. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and how did... You and I know this is something Keith, um, your colleague Keith, is very uh, passionate about as well. Is how do you kind of create such a simple experience? Because I imagine it didn't start out so simple at the beginning. That's a really good question. Simplicity is is something that we think about a lot at Engrok and something that we focus on. Uh, you know, when when I think about it, there are. There are a number of, uh, you know, kind of like famous, often misattributed sayings uh, that uh, kind of revolve around simplicity. Things like, uh, you know, I, I would have written a shorter letter if I had more time um, or, you know, uh, you know, Exupery's uh, um, quote about perfection is achieved when you can't remove anything else. Um, those those are really good directionally uh, about, you know, thinking directionally about how simplicity is a tremendous amount of work to achieve, right? You spend a lot of time thinking about what is 
truly important, what is most important to a user experience, um, and then trying to pull away all of the other pieces of it. It's, it's interesting as developers, we're like, we're constantly caught between two things that we love. One is things that just work. And the other is the like desire to be able to like configure and twiddle every knob with, with software that we have. Um, and so those are, those are two uh, kind of like opposed problems of something that just works versus something that you can, can configure um, in, in every way. Uh, as a designer of those products, it's especially challenging because, you know, we talk a lot about, well, how do we solve the 90% use case? That's, you know, if you solve the 90% use case, you've built something, you know, maybe you can keep it simple, right? By like ignoring the complexities of that, that additional 10%. Um, but, you know, the other saying that is, is especially true for developers is that that 10%, everyone's 10% is different, right? Of like what they want to configure inside of your tool or your application. And so you spend, basically, you have to make all of the things configurable. When you like boil it down to like, well, given that problem space, you have folks who want to configure all the different pieces of your application, but you want to deliver something that is really simple and really delivers that magic moment that you experienced with NGROC, where you ran a single command, you imported a single line of code, and your application was online. Uh, you're, you're really thinking about what are the choices that you can make as a product designer, as a API designer, that uh, you're, you're taking each of those knobs that you can configure and trying to decide, like, what is the sanest default that I can find for them? Or how can I delay that decision so that you can configure it, but you don't have to upfront, right? That I've made the same choice for you, um, but, it, that, but it can be changed later. Um, Building that kind of flexibility and flow into your app is, is certainly challenging. There are a lot of decisions that you make about what to default someone to that may not be the right for, every, right for everyone. Um, but that is really the, the product design struggle in trying to like put all these things together is, is finding that, that simple interface um, and either removing unnecessary choices or delaying uh, choices that you can find same defaults for. Yeah. Yeah, that that's really interesting, and I wonder if there's like a with that particular kind of like the online in one line, was that something that how, how did that kind of emerge? Like, do you remember the kind of conversations internally and stuff? And so, Ngrok, uh was originally a solo project, so there weren't there weren't a whole lot of like uh, internal conversations when the product was like the very first iterations of the product were being developed, but. Um, you know, lately we've expanded upon that initial, uh, you know, tool set where originally Ngrok was a, you know, a, a binary that you downloaded and, and ran on your machine uh, that provided you with that connectivity. And we're now starting to expand to a place where you can import Ngrok directly into your application. You don't actually have to run a separate executable. Instead, you can import uh, a library and basically add a single line of code that does the same thing that running the executable will do, which is give you something that puts your app online. But the thing that it returns to you is a socket, right? Something that looks and feels like a native socket object in the language that you're using. And so we had a lot of conversations about that, about, you know, internally of how do we make that as simple as the developer tool that we built? How do we uh, think about 
you know, what are the interfaces that we have to implement? How can we collapse this into as few lines of code as possible? Um, and that was definitely an internal struggle, right, between uh, us saying, well, if we make it more lines of code, you can add more configuration. So, like, how do we boil it down to, like, the simplest piece that covers the the majority use case? Yeah, and how, how did you, like, what, was it lots of conversations and, and, and then just made a decision, or how did you? It's It's definitely an iterative process, right, where, you know, we have... We have a lot of that DNA baked into the organization um, about creating these simple interfaces. And so that was directionally where we were starting from. But actually getting there is is certainly a challenge where, you know, you like the first APIs that we proposed for, you know, our, our NGROC Go SDK that we just released um, and the new ones that we're working on right now, which are NGROC Rust and NGROC JS. Um, the first versions of those were you know, APIs that we designed and we implemented them and said, like, that's not exactly right. Like, let's go, uh, let's try it again and again and again and, and iterated those things down. And the other half of it that we found, especially with library design, is uh, t- two things, really. One is, you know, one of the best ways to test your library is to actually use it, right? Like, become a consumer of it. Um, and so when you when you take those kind of pieces and actually build on top of them yourselves, uh, you really start to feel the pain that a developer would in like, you know, starting to integrate it. It's different, of course, in that you kind of like know how the library works underneath. You like know all the sharp corners and edges. Um, but we do find that's one good way to pressure test those designs. And the other is really to go out to the community, right? And like talk to folks and and offer them first versions of them and get them to try to integrate them into their apps and, and gather feedback and iterate on the design there as well. So it is by no means like a one and done sort of thing. Um, definitely not like a uh, a place where we like started off and we're like knew the exact solution to begin with, um, but one where we've arrived uh, through constant iteration. And I would say that, you know, our designs for those are still not done, right? Like they will continue to evolve. Um, and that's, you know, one of the beautiful pieces of software is that you can continuously evolve you know, your designs to make them more elegant. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and kind of probably be dropping like five names here, but Keith shared an article from Swix, um, who's been on the show before, where Joel Spolsky was talking about Amazon's one-click um, and how Jeff Bezos, uh, so, okay, four names, um, was trying to kind of implement the one-click um, checkout and how the team kept coming back with like four clicks and then three clicks and then two clicks. And Jeff Bezos was like, one click, one click, one click. And just to implement this, they had to build like a whole new system where there was like a 30 minute cool down period. And it was really easy to edit your order and stuff like that. And I just wondered about like how much creating these kind of really complex, sorry, really simple systems, whether it's like, um, you know, not only like a decision of where you focus, but also like a lot of a lot of extra work to kind of create that simplicity. Yeah, I've uh, I've watched that clip. It's it's really great. Um, it's it's a really good encapsulation of that iterative process that I was talking about of like chasing that simplicity. Um, 
it's it's interesting to draw that line between the simplicity of the user interface and the complexity of the system that implements it, right? Because that's that's really what makes Ngrok and Amazon's one-click feel so magical is that simple interface to the complex system that we've built. Um, Ngrok is a really good example of that in that, you know, when you run that one line or you import that one, you know, library and add that one line of code to your application, um, you know, the things that are going on underneath the hood to actually deliver that um, are, is, you know, a, a large complex system where, you know, when you run your application and ask it to listen on Ngrok, it is connecting to essentially like all of our global points of presence and all transmitting configuration requirements to them. And they are all like reloading in real time uh, to basically push your configuration out to our global edge. Um, the infrastructure to run that, the the software to make that happen, you know, and feel instantaneous um, is is by no means simple to, to implement. Um, but there is, uh, but it is really joyful to create that that magical experience, right? Where you hide all of that complexity. Yeah, yeah, it it, it is amazing. Um, and I'm just kind of wondering because, on the surface, I feel like everyone would agree with you. Um, you know, like okay, simplicity is really important. You've got to get the right balance between simplicity and complexity. But it's pretty clear to me, like that you're a lot further down that path than most developer tools. Um, and I just kind of wondered like if there's, if there is any, any kind of like specific things that you do internally that like uh, the other dev tools might learn from and kind of try to, you know, to, to kind of get to that place. That's a good question. Um, I think, you know, predominantly it is a, mentality it is uh it is you know there are product processes that you can put into place that will help you chase that simplicity but um you really do have to have you know that kind of like uh jeff bezos steve jobs like position right of saying like this this has to be simple right we have to find the minimal interface um to to begin with um and a lot of it falls out from that intention, I would say. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So it's like the cultural, like importance that you put upon it across the whole organization. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it's something that we measure and track internally. Like one of the things that we measure and track internally is, you know, essentially like time to value between when someone signs up to Ngrok and they are able to essentially like start Ngrok, uh, like start an application that is listening on Ngrok and receive traffic. Um, that's a metric that we track. It's a, it's a KPI that we think about. Um, and we're, we're really proud that, you know, we have, we have folks that, you know, basically like sign up for the product and have it working in 30 seconds. Like that's an incredible, like, uh, it's an incredible feat. Um, for us, we're like really, you know, and we're, we're constantly thinking about like, how do we push that lower or how do we get, you know, the long tail of folks who are, you know, in minutes or hours, like how do we bring them down to, to that 30 seconds? Um, yeah. So I don't know. Those are, that's one way that, that we think about it. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, and 
so I guess I, I'm using it mostly as like a, I, I'm a free customer at the moment because um, I'm mostly like working on hobby projects, trying to get something off the ground. And I'm using it kind of as a solo person and it's been amazing. Um, and I just wondered how, how do you kind of think about users like me or, you know, similar users and like, how do they become, you know, people that pay people that have like whole teams and that sort of thing? Yeah. The, there are two ways to think about that. One is, you know, uh, we, we absolutely love uh, folks who are using the product like you, who are, you know, uh, using it for personal projects and and doing small development use cases. Um, our mission at Ngrok is to empower developers. Um, we want to make developers more successful, more, uh, you know, easier for them to do their job. And, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier is we are trying to create that simplicity, that abstraction around networking that application developers shouldn't have to think about these low-level networking bits to actually get their jobs done, right? Um, more than that, there's a whole like slew of things that we can take off your plate um, that we can potentially like implement for you um, in that kind of proxy layer so that you're able to like actually skip to writing the business logic. So the one, you know, really short answer is, you know, uh, we, we'd love, uh, you know, free tier users, free tier developers who are building on top of the platform. Um, it's really meaningful to us to like see that usage, understand how folks are using uh, the platform, because ultimately, regardless of whether you're paying or not, like you have, you know, the same kind of like developing problems, right? So all of those like feed into the product process of understanding like what people are doing and how can we make the product better? The, the other half of that question is like, what, how do, how does uh, like a hobbyist, you know, use case like expand into something that is commercial or paid? Um, the, you know, they're, they're kind of like two directions that that goes. One is just sheer usage, right? You're using so much of the product that, you know, our free tier has, you know, some set of like reasonable limits around how much of the resources uh, of our platform that you can use. And so commercial use cases often have like higher resource usage and that like, will kick you into some kind of paying tier. Uh, the other is, um, you know, there are some set of, uh, you know, when you're using the developer tool as a, a hobbyist, this is kind of like part of Ngrok's like product-led growth strategy, right? Is that, you know, maybe you're using just a small corner of things, but you don't need to put SAML in front of your hobbyist use case, you know, your hobbyist uh, tier, right? Or your personal project. Um, but, you know, you know that it's there, right? You've like seen the capabilities that the platform has offered and understand that, you know, if you were to use this in a commercial way, like you have a problem to solve at your job, uh, that you're, you're aware that Ngrok uh, can help you out there. Um, and so that's another way that uh, we've seen a lot of folks jump into the commercial offerings is that they've been using Ngrok at home, uh, you know, are aware that it, you know, can essentially like that same magic moment that you have for solving, you know, your, your personal problems, your webhook development thing uh, is, you know, we endeavor and strive to have that same magic moment for putting production applications on the internet as well. And, uh, you know, 
making that jump from free to commercial is often about being aware of that and like finding the use case uh, at work, you know, in your in your job or in, in commercial life in general, um, and translating it, saying like, oh, I, I know that NROC, you know, really solved that one problem. Like, let's see if it can solve another problem really easily. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And how do you think about like the problems that NGROC solves? Because it seems like there's so many paths that you can kind of go. Yeah, I, I would say that um, where NGROC is focused as as a company, right, um, where we're you know really taking the product is in a direction where NGROC is focused on solving uh, the problem of putting applications online, creating ingress network ingress to applications. You know, we talk about NGROC being a ingress as a service platform. And that means that we are solving that problem of how do I put my application on the internet, right? Um, And there are many additional problems that come with putting your application on the internet. Like the sheer problem of connectivity is one that is I would say like somewhat relatively well solved, but it it actually isn't. When you think about actually like putting something on the internet, uh, these days it is IP addresses and DNS and TLS certificates and often like ingress and egress gateways and VPC like elastic IP associations, right? There's a whole mess of things that are actually required, um, which, you know, we talk internally about all of those problems being uh, that developers are, when it comes to networking, are still really working with like the assembly language of networking. We haven't built the right abstractions for application developers to work with the networking primitives. Um, and so we're, we're still like stuck using these very low level primitives to solve this much higher layer problem, this higher layer job that we really want to solve. So, uh, you know, Ngrok's job, our platform is thinking about how do we take those low-level primitives and create this abstraction layer on top um, that really solves the problem in an easy way. So like I said, one of those is just pure connectivity, um, which is somewhat solved, but is still harder than it needs to be. And then uh, a set of additional problems that we really think about solving on top, which are how do I add authentication to my application, right? Of, I only want a certain set of people to access the application. Or how do I observe the application? I want to see all the traffic that's routing to it. Or how do I protect the application from attacks or from accidental like overloads or the application is down? And so building a lot of those primitives into NGROC's essentially like proxy layer um, that allows us to solve those problems for application developers with very minimal configuration on their own. That's, you know, that fits into our, our overall mission of how do you get an application online? That's really cool. Yeah. So it's, it's like, you're just essentially letting developers just write business logic and then everything on the kind of online plus like scale and authentication and security, all of that will be kind of easily assembled or solved. That's that's really, you know, the direction that we're we're pointing NGROC in. We want it to be like that kind of like 
powered like mech suit of armor that you like drop your application into and it gets it gets superpowers. Um, another way to think about this is you know we want application developers to focus on building applications, right, and not on solving rate limiting and concurrency limiting and a whole bunch of other things that you have to do to like put your application online. One of the things that we talk about internally is, you know, uh, and this is maybe like part of that mentality we were talking about earlier is, you know, how do we allow a developer to like build something over the weekend at a hackathon and put NGROC in front of it and go to production on Monday, right? Of like be able to sell it to businesses or consumers um, on Monday. And there are a lot of challenges that, you know, that are required to get there, uh, or a lot of challenges to solve in order to get there. But directionally, that's, you know, kind of how we think about solving this problem um, and where we want to take the product. Yeah, that's, that. I mean, that sounds, sounds amazing. That would be incredible. Um, yeah, it's all the fun stuff. Um, developers still do all the fun stuff and then you just, you, you take care of the rest. It all depends on what you think is the fun That's stuff. That's true. This is this is the fun stuff <laughs> yeah. for, for yeah. us, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Yeah, poorly phrased. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's really cool. Um, and one of the things that we've been asking people recently, because we're probably coming to the end of um, our time, is what takeaway you would have for other. Developer tool founders, people working at dev tools that um, you think Angrok has learned. I mean, following up on on our theme here today, uh, I would say that you know one of the things that we've learned that I would you know that I I love talking about with with other folks is about that um, that effort and that drive for creating simplicity of like finding the right abstraction and understanding that it, it really truly is an iterative process, um, that you, you really spend a lot of time, but, uh, on getting there, um, and the important piece is that like directional alignment of like, that's the thing that you're, you're really chasing after. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and if people want to learn more about Engrok, um, or they want to hear what you're up to, where can they learn more? Yeah, uh, it's just ngrok.com. Uh, that'll take you to, to our website where you can, uh, or, or follow our blog, which is blog.ngrok.com. Uh, you know, has all the announcements of all the things that, that we're working on and shipping to the world. Okay. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, the things that, you know, we're, we've like launched recently that we're really most excited about are one, uh, our kind of like native SDKs. I talked about these a little bit earlier, which is, you know, uh, this ability to, embed ngrok directly into your application and get something that back that looks like a socket object that you can just uh, include directly into uh, a piece of software uh, that already like works with the native networking primitives in the languages that you use we're really excited about that concept of allowing you to you know instead of listening on a port you listen on all of ngrok's global network but from your application's perspective it is just as if it listened on a local port um, we think this is going to like further increase NGROC simplicity, um, especially when you're deploying applications out to the world, that you don't have to package NGROC alongside of your application. It is like that networking capability is just embedded directly into it. So that's one thing that we're super excited about. Um, the other that we, you know, we just launched today actually is we moved uh, a couple of those 
security primitives that I was talking about earlier about how NGROC allows you to wrap authentication around your app. Um, we moved a couple of those security primitives into the free tier. We're on a mission to make sure that, uh, you know, when you put applications out into the world that uh, you, you know, those applications should be secured, right? Um, and so we've added the capability to basically seamlessly put any kind of OAuth you want in front of the application, um, as well as a really common use case that you were talking about earlier, which is uh, consuming webhooks. Um, we have the ability for you to essentially like supply Adgrok with uh, the webhook signing secret from a given provider, and it will run those signature validation routines um, essentially at our global edge uh, before any traffic would come back to your application. So we're really excited to offer those security primitives out to the world um, and really like start making all the applications that are you know exposing themselves to the world more secure uh, by using those those primitives for authentication. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Um, and thanks everyone for listening. Thanks so much for joining, Alan. Um, as you know, big fan of Ngrok, so this was really exciting. And I hope everyone forgives me for being such a fan of Ngrok on the show. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for all the great questions, Jack. It's, it's been really a pleasure uh, being here and, and speaking with you. Thanks. And thanks everyone for listening and see you next week. Oh, and thank you, Keith, for organizing. Thanks. Bye.